Hey everyone, this is Justin and welcome to another episode of the Wandering Coach Podcast. I am incredibly excited for this episode and to tell you a little bit about this guest. Her name is Ilana Mehta and I came to know her after seeing her perform and ending up in one of her classes at Wanderlust in Whistler, British Columbia last week. It's a yoga and music festival for anyone that's unfamiliar. And this episode also marks a little bit of a personal landmark for me and for this podcast in stepping out of my comfort zone. I have been interviewing incredible people, but they are people that, I, that, that I've had some contact with in my life prior to asking them to be on the show. Scott, the last episode of the Float Center is a little bit of an exception, but he approached me. Uh, this is really the first time that I've that I've approached basically a complete stranger, not complete stranger because it was after participating in one of her classes, but a little bit of a landmark for me in approaching the type of guest that I want to have on this show, and uh, I am so glad that I did it. It was a really rewarding conversation and a truly special experience to get to sit down with Ilana. She is a dancer first and foremost, but a teacher and so many other things that we will get into and I'll let her tell a little bit of her story. But I will say that I first saw her perform in the opening ceremony and then also she danced on stage with two of the musical acts as part of the festival, Nako and Michael Franti. And she has such a powerful, captivating presence on the stage and as a teacher and a lot of that translates into this conversation on the podcast. One of the the biggest takeaways and what made this such an incredible conversation for me is that she has such an incredibly strong sense of who she is. Uh, I think that you'll feel that in in some of the answers there's 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 no hesitation. She she knows exactly what she is and there's such a there's such a strength and power that comes from that and it's uh, it's really humbling and it's it's really inspiring and uplifting to be around and to really get to dive in with her you don't often find that kind of emotional spiritual maturity in someone that's only 25 so i think that you will love this episode she is great and i won't say too much more about that i'll let her tell her story so without further ado ilana meta uh why don't we start with you introducing yourself yeah. yeah Hello. <laughs> uh, my name's Ilana Mehta. Yeah. And I come from New York. Yes. I have created this method called the Meta Method that connects dance to the natural elements, connecting movement with fire, water, earth, and air, and recognizing that we are, I am, you are, mm -hmm. the fifth element, the time and space, the Meta that connects all of them. And meta, what it means is going higher, above, transcending, beyond, going to the next stage of. Also means self. Right. So it's understanding what that means of like a metamorphosis or metacognition. Meta ability is raw intellect. Yeah. So just seeing, you know, how that the meta as a prefix is very empowering as a word, as a meaning, as an embodiment. So that's a nickname that I've been going by, is yeah. Meta, stepping into the powerful woman I'm always becoming. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Meta, in this method, also uh, means Mastering Evolution Technique Awareness. Oh, okay, so it's mm -hmm. also an acronym. Exactly. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's neat. It, it, it 
feels like to me moving into whatever that next step is, whatever mm -hmm. that higher, I don't know if you want to call it a higher level or just moving into whatever that next embodiment is. Yeah, it's, it's a higher awareness. Yeah. You know, you, if you keep stepping into a space, the more you enter it, the more things you'll notice. So there is an evolution of heightening your perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, because you walk in, you have one perspective, just yours. And then you walk in, and then you, yours evolves of just seeing something that might be on the wall that wasn't there before that you just didn't notice. Mm -hmm. And just seeing what that looks like. It's true. I, yeah. uh, I feel that all the time where... Mm -hmm. It almost feels like more and more of the fog is clearing or you get to see more and more. It's like, it, it's like you walk into a room and at first you can, can kind of look around and then you start taking everything in right. and more and more you can actually see it for what it is. It's not just this big overwhelming yeah. thing around you. I love using food analogies and use the tomato one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where if you start with just a tomato and you keep eating that tomato every single day, you might want to get more spicy with it, adding some olive oil to it. And then from that, adding some pepper and then the next day dicing it up mm -hmm. and then adding another ingredient, maybe some basil, right? Mm -hmm. And then some cheese. You know. Just it, you can start developing it, but you would have never known to add the basil and the cheese right when you started with just the plain tomato. Right. And that's that's the progression yeah. that we're talking about through movement by owning our own intelligence, by owning what's here and discovering what that is, what we can do every single day to connect with ourselves, whether that's through dance and a different art form, music, writing, mm -hmm. painting. Yeah. Absolutely. Even so doing stuff like this, stepping like out this. of our comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what is the meta method? Is well, I kind of just I, said. Right, yeah, I know. I did. Maybe but that I was mean, a little bit more than an no, introduction. That's, that's kind of your uh, interpretation, uh, or not even interpretation, but your articulation of your ideals for all this. But the meta method is a way that you go through and help people, right? And you apply yeah. that. So that's what you're trying to spread. So what are... What are some of the ways that you bring that to, yeah, to people? You. Well, I'll start with how the meta method started with me. Yeah, So absolutely. I was craving myself. You know, I wanted to figure out how to love myself more, and it wasn't working by going out into the world and just doing it. I was like, I need to go to this dance class. I need to take this. I need to see this person and do this and write this thing, blah, 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 blah. And I was noticing that I was just... I was drained at the end of the day. I was like, how am I feeling drained if I feel like I'm doing things that are productive for myself? Right. But then I recognized I wasn't being who I wanted to be in a lot of this, and it was just like an external value that I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then I started feeling, then I actually got a hip injury that required me to start stretching in the morning. And when I started stretching in the morning, I was, and then my hip injury healed, I was like, I need to start doing something like this all the time. Yep. And I added a meditation to it, and then more movement, not just stretching, but my dancing, and then writing about it afterwards and how I felt. So I created this container for myself that no matter what, I'm going to enter this space every single day, whether that's for 10 minutes, an hour, two hours, and you know whatever I can do. Yep. But I was very strict on myself for a while, being like, I have an hour. Awesome. And it turned into a very strong discipline, and then I softened it. Right. And learning to play within that practice yes. has been a huge tool and gift for myself. And I did so much healing with that. So 
to answer the question of what the meta method is, it's a method of getting to know yourself in all your different archetypes and personalities and owning all of them, knowing yourself in and out and mainly in so you can be more powerful when you express yourself outward. Amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, uh, I love that you said how am I just feeling so drained when I'm doing so many things that are productive. <clears throat> and uh, then you said something about uh, it was all these external value things. And it's so easy to feel like we're working on ourselves and doing things that are productive for ourselves that are really just productive for the world. Mm -hmm. And they actually are taking a little bit from us. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't seek to always give what we can, but... Uh, I think it's really, really easy to never do anything to really take care of yourself. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's interesting. I kind of was on a similar path because I was very athletic into health and fitness and that kind of stuff um, and had a back injury that forced me to start stretching and taking care of it and understanding better how to care for myself rather than just train myself. Right. And that's what led me into yoga and building some of that bodily awareness then begins you down the road to get into some even deeper places and that's when I began meditating and it, it was kind of the beginning of this entire shift that's happened in my life so it's it's interesting to hear you say that because sometimes injuries mm -hmm. um, it's it's just enough to alter your course and you, you don't like it at the time but I look back on it and it's it's one of the best things that's happened to me mm -hmm. since then mm -hmm. well it's really interesting to hear you say that yeah and that's why the element of fire is what I start with because it's a spark. Yes. Right? There's a spark of intention. You were still physical even after your injury, but the intention of why you were physical shifted. Yes. Therefore, you were able to now do something with the element of earth, create something different yeah. based on what you, who you were being with it. Therefore, the result was completely different. Mm-hmm. And true. now you have a two different perspectives, right? You have one where you're training and one that's therapeutic movement. Yeah, nurturing. Nurturing, yeah. yeah. So it's like you now know how to move in your body with two different ways. Imagine all these other ways also. Right. And that's just a start. Yes. And that's a very powerful thing. It is. You know? And going back to what you said before uh, about, I think you said something about not having the time or you know we're putting so much out, out into the world. Uh, the Buddha said, if you don't have time to meditate for 20 minutes, meditate for an hour. I have heard that, yeah. And I love that. Yes, yes. Because it is so true that if you give yourself that time, the stuff that you do out in the world is going to be so much more impactful, powerful, in your integrity when you do it, and other people are going to receive that. And the message that you're trying to articulate Physically, verbally, yes. all of it is going to be read in a far larger way that's going to be more sustainable and perdurable. Perdurable meaning longer lasting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. it's uh, That's a wonderful point. And just regardless of what you accomplish in that time that you sit down to meditate, just the fact that you took that amount of time for yourself when you haven't ever done something like that before or you haven't been doing something like that, that change in pattern, just demonstrating to yourself how important it is to take some time for yourself yeah. no matter what ends up happening during that time just the fact that you took it is right. like almost all of the benefit yeah not all the benefit and but it's a huge piece of it totally and a question that I've had is how is this something that is accessible for everybody not just people that 
meditate already or are in their body, but how someone that's never meditated, never moved before, how do they access this part of themselves? Because mm-hmm. to meditate on your own is challenging. It is. It's daunting to totally. begin something like and that. And then you want a class or something, but then it's a class and then it almost removes you from it and then you have to pay for it and all these things. So what is it that we can actually do in our own space? And that's what I want to address. So it's having a glass of water by your bed <laughs> before you start your day or writing something down that you're grateful for or not looking at your phone and showering first. It's like, what is the first thing that you do every day? How can you bring intention to it? Being like, I'm showering for me. So rather than just, I'm taking a shower, I am having a shower. I'm giving myself a shower. Yeah. Right? Instead of, uh, I have to do these things today, it's no, I get to do these things today. And it's that shift of, oh, no, this is for me. This is for me, 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 going in, 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 being selfish again. absolutely. So we can be selfless. Mm-hmm. But you can't be selfless if you're not being able to give to yourself. Because how can you really authentically give to others if you don't know how to give to yourself? Yeah. And we and a lot of people are good at that, right? Mm-hmm. But then there is this part where then the fingers pointed back at them, and you get they have no idea what to do. Right. It's almost it's just another one of those external things that can distract you from doing stuff for yourself. They feel like they are in a very I don't want to say good place with the with the world with the universe whatever you want to say because they're giving so much but mm-hmm. it's it's just another way of not looking at the things that you need. Right. And you it's uh, it's a certain intelligence to be able to support someone else in their issues, yes. right? But then your intrapersonal intellect skills are not as strong. Yes. You avoid being by yourself. And to do that work on yourself, you actually become better at doing that external work. Like I always, uh, exactly. I was talking to someone recently, and it was it's the same idea, but it was applied to parenting. Mm-hmm. And you know, I said um, I was talking to a uh, male friend, and I said, "You have to be a good good within yourself before you can be a good husband, and then you have to be a good husband before you can be a good father." Yeah. You know, and it's so it's uh, it it starts so much closer before it can start growing outward. Um, and I love I love how you are trying to talk about all the little things to just bring a little bit of intention and mindfulness to people's practice, their daily practice, whatever that may be, just going throughout their day and inserting a little bit of mindfulness to all the little things because it just breaks down some of that intimidating barrier where right. people think that I need to start eating this way and I need to start doing this physical thing and meditating and all it's like it doesn't have to be this big broad scale change right. you just need to do these little tiny things to get the ball rolling and in those moments of intention you're going to be seeking more and more of those and it's going to grow from that right. so and need comes from a place of scarcity instead of abundance mm-hmm. the same way if like I have a half do list it's like, oh, I have to. What do you feel when you have to do something? Yeah. Trapped, yeah. frustrated, annoyed, yeah. trapped, like all these things. But when you get to, empowered, mm-hmm. excited. It's a gift. A it, gift, it feels right? It like a gift, yeah. So then like, you can start saying, I get to go to work. I get to do these things. And you, the entire thing shifts. Yeah. And that's it. This mindfulness, that little bit of mindfulness, hints of it throughout your day. You trinkle it and you start doing that. You're watering it. You're giving it, giving it nutrients. And then it just becomes your lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it's, it, the practice is your life. 
right. waking up every day, starting again. Yeah, and every opportunity or every moment just becomes an opportunity then. Absolutely. For whatever it is that you need to seek. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to share something Absolutely. about something more personal with my relationships. I was attracting abusive relationships um, at one point, and after after two of them, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> It's right. there's what's the common what denominator? am I attracting yeah. that is creating this relationship in my life because it takes two to tango always. Yep. So acknowledging the other person, yes, and them being absolutely wrong in their actions. But what is my responsibility here? How am I feeding this relationship and going and taking that responsibility? The ability to respond is what responsibility means. And I think that's really important for people owning themselves in that. So I took some time where I was not active and physical with anybody, no men. And I was discovering what my space looked like. What does the way that Ilana love? How do I love? How do I want to share love? What does that look like? Rather than someone else coming into my space and telling me what love is. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, that works. Oh, yeah. I don't really agree with that, but I can mold with it. You know, yeah. it was like, no, that I disagree with you. I sure that's how you love. That's not how I'm loving right now. I'm figuring out what mine is. So stop taking other people's love and penetrating it onto mine mm -hmm. and really figuring out what that was. So in that space, I got to experience myself with other people and feeling my love expand for myself. I felt like I was becoming a catalyst for myself and other people of like, whoa, what is this thing, this love? And it was like, this is passion. This is intimacy. This is vulnerability. This is sensuality, but it's not sex. Mm -hmm. And like having that clear line for myself allowed me to be overwhelmed in abundance and overflowing of this feeling of love because I never felt like I was allowing someone else to penetrate it or stop it or it become this physical act, but instead it was coming from a place from within. And from there, I then decided to allow someone to come into that space and yeah. then that person was my partner for two years <laughs> yeah that's wonderful yeah. that's uh i love that i mean simply put you 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 need to understand that space that you have before you can seek to fill it mm -hmm. i think that's that's beautiful um i think that so much of what everyone at uh, in this community you know this wanderlust community this whatever you want to call it um pick your overused word, you know, mindful, conscious, whatever community, mm -hmm. everyone is seeking to portray a similar message or we're all feeling something similar, but the way that it comes out um, for all of us, it's almost like it, it comes out in your, in your unique language. Can you tell me what it comes out as for you? It comes out for me. Um, I think it's very similar, but uh, not, it's movement and it's connecting people with their bodies. Mm -hmm. And it's part of why I started doing this podcast. I began writing. Um, it started as a personal thing. I wrote every morning for over a year, and then it got to a point where I felt like some of the ideas that I was exploring were worth sharing, so I started blogging and doing that. And um, it's really, I've always been passionate about movement, you know, like 
I like watching it, but also like moving myself and have fallen in love with countless sports. I go through phases where I'll just dive fully in and then you move on to the next thing. And then it came, I came to realize that the common thing in all of that wasn't necessarily the particular movements that I was doing. It was just exploring a new way of moving. And mm, I don't want to say mastering, but really giving myself enough time to learn all of these new things. And I think that that's really powerful because it can teach you so much about yourself, even even more than just your physical body, mm -hmm. what you learn in going through that movement. And I just like con connecting people with their bodies and helping them understand how best to care for them and give themselves what they need. And I think that it's really similar to what you're doing. And it's what resonated when I took that class yesterday and why I wanted to sit down and do this. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that language for you, or at least one of those languages, is dance, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's so movement in general. Movement in sure. general. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I that I wrote down that I have to mention that, that that really struck me and it was at the very beginning of your class. And by the way, I I stumbled into your class yesterday. I came out of an arm balance class and I didn't sleep a lot the night before. And mm -hmm. I just thought, I I really want something mellow. Mm. We were gonna go. I was with two friends and we were gonna take Shiva's Bob Marley class. Mm. And I just said, oh, I want something kind of mellow. And then my buddy goes, how about breaking the whip? And we just saw it on the paper schedule. I had no idea what it was. And we're like, sure, that sounds like it might be mellow. So we show up. And then we're like hip-hop dancing the whole time. But it was incredible. Amazing. Um, but okay, give them, I'm going to give them some context. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So breaking waves was, uh, before I even talk about the workshop, my dance background. Yes. I grew up as a soccer player. Okay. total dance. Yeah. And then from there, I... Uh, went to the Long Island High School for the Arts my senior year of high school because I really wanted to start dancing. Okay. And the only time I did dance was musical theater okay. in um, at camp. I went to French Woods. Uh, okay. So not not all the time. It was just kind of this. No, I really started like random hip hop classes when I was 16. Sure. I go into the city uh, and take a class every once in a while, but it really soccer was my thing. Right. And then I got a soccer scholarship. I was at New Pulse for a semester, okay. and then decided that my passion was in dance. So I went to New York City. I got my BA in dance at Hunter College, and I also trained at the Hip Hop Dance Conservatory. Okay, awesome. And the workshop that Justin took yesterday called yep. Breaking Waves breaks down the six fundamental elements of hip hop dance. And that was the workshop that I was teaching for a long time. And then as my meditation deepened, my foundation got shattered. And it's like, no, universal law is your foundation. Mm -hmm. And that is what you now share. Go. Yes. Yeah. So what, what it was is I, would, I, I walked in and you, you spoke for a couple minutes before we really started moving or doing anything. And one of the things that you said was that you used to think that your passion was dance. And then as th that deepened, you realized that your passion was, I think you said natural elements mm -hmm. were the words that you chose yesterday. And I just, uh, that really resonated with me because it was similar and it wasn't dance for me. It was all of these other things. And then I realized that what I really was taking from these things, not taking, what, what all of these things were really giving me was something deeper than the individual details of what each one was. And it, it seems like you had a similar, um, where almost that understanding goes to the next level. And I guess that's very much the meta thing that we began with. Um, so I when mean, I heard you say that, it was, 
it, it really struck me. I said, I have come through something very, very similar mm-hmm. recently. And uh, yeah. It's a powerful thing when we can connect to that place of the natural elements because that mm-hmm. is our source. So if we're both meeting there, then it's a far deeper connection than our words can share. Mm-hmm. It's, w- it's, it's grounded. It's really, really grounded. And when you're coming from that place, again, you're, you're very powerful and you're more powerful when you're talking from that, that place. It is. And that's the acronym of META, right? And you shied away from the word mastery before, and I'm going to get back to that. Okay, yeah. So mastering evolution technique awareness. That's right, I forgot it was part of the uh, so acronym. So for T, the technique mm-hmm. right now in the way that I'm sharing it is through dance, a dance technique right. using the elements. But this can also be a technique Absolutely. in which you are using this method to deepen your own practice of what? Mastery, your self-mastery. So that mastery I see in a modern day kind of way is it's not necessarily mastering one thing and then I'm also gonna contradict myself, and yes, it is. It's, one thi- uh, it's mastering one thing, and that one thing is you. Right. It's self-mastery, and saying yes to that, and you being the one that decides what that is. Whether it's like, I'm gonna do a podcast every week. Yep. I'm gonna make sure I'm physical in my body four times a week. I'm gonna drink this much water every single day. You know, figuring out, writing, and scaling your mastery world for yourself so knowing that it is that one thing it's not like I'm a master in this martial art form or this dance form or just this you know portrait photography it's all of these different things and really being empowered by that because we live in a society that pulls us away from that every single day so to acknowledge that contrast but also empower your side of that contrast I think is what's really amazing because I don't live on top of a mountain. I'm not just in a small, tight community where I'm in the same place and I can be even in my garden and just focusing on plants mm-hmm. and mastering those plants. And we're, mm-hmm. you know, it's you got to be real with ourselves. Yeah, yeah, it's just got to be real and like from there, what works? Yeah, absolutely. So when did you begin teaching dance and connecting these things to kind of the larger? larger message that you're now spreading? I began teaching Breaking Waves three years ago, and I've been teaching the Meta Method for a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So it's really exciting. I'm at the growing, I mean, I'm forever growing. Yeah, but you're very but young at, in your journey. I'm 25. Yeah. I'm in the first stages of this and it's beautiful, but I'm also in, you know, if we're going around the, you know, the medicine wheel, for me personally right now in the way that I see it, and it's always changing, I see this, what I created, I'm in the element of air. So I set an intention, I knew who I wanted to be with fire, I then trusted that I'm enough to let things go that weren't serving me. I let go of my apartment two years ago, therefore I've then been creating what it is that I want, which is going to different places where there's like-minded people, whether it's festivals or dance workshops or just finding different pockets where I was becoming more of who I'm becoming 
and really being rooted in that and creating a workshop from that. And now I'm on the Wonderlust tour. I'm going to Australia. I'm touring with all these different artists. I set these things in stone. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a hustler. I'm a New Yorker. (laughs) And now I definitely have this West Coast side in me where it's like, these things are in place, now just show up, now be air, just mm-hmm. allow these things to happen. Yeah, I liked what you said where you said uh, committing to seeking out the little pockets and communities that you wanted to be surrounded by. Mm-hmm. And I just actually wrote something about this, I think it went up a couple of days ago, about that is very much my intention to, I came back from my travels not necessarily knowing the details of exactly what it was I was going to do but I knew what my message was and I knew that it had to be out there but I just committed to surrounding myself with the types of people that I wanted to be surrounded by and it's very much why I'm here you know I was doing something in Portland a couple weeks ago and Mm -hmm. that's that's such a huge part of it Um, I think we really just need to know where to begin, or not even know where to begin, just begin and surround yourself with the influences that you want to be surrounded by and, and have faith that the next steps um, will just reveal themselves as you're meant to take them. And, yeah. Showing up is mm-hmm. one of the hardest things, and right, the physical action of it, and then just allowing whatever wants to happen in that space to exist. Yeah. And it's amazing when you put yourself in an environment that allows you to show up. I can't just dance anywhere. Mm -hmm. I can't just openly have conversations that are the deepest for me with anybody. There's a lot of rejection with this new agey wave (laughs) consciousness thing, you know, it's and it's it's a hippie movement, sure, but it's also a very real thing. And there needs to be outlets for people to talk about this stuff and be supported. Yes. Because that's why, that's why community is super impactful because they encourage a type of conversation. And if you can find those communities, then it starts empowering the truth within you rather than it being something you're in conflict with or rejecting. Because society never tells us to master ourselves, never tells us to work on ourselves, never tells us about the environment and how we're connected to it. It's a removed thing. It's a thing you walk into a classroom and learn, and then you walk out of that classroom, but never actually applying it to yourself. Yeah, and never define your life around it. Exactly. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's very... It's very human, this whole movement that everyone here is a part of that you're talking about. There's a lot of rejection involved, mm-hmm. and it's, it seems hippie and odd and whatever, but it's so human. Everyone here is just trying to understand themselves the best that they can and then feed themselves the best that they can, right. give themselves the type of things that they need, um, and constantly trying to understand what that is and then making an effort to give it to themselves. Right. And the rest of society does seem to be pulling you away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, 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 it really, I don't think there's some grand conspiracy in place, but it feels like the way things are set up, there's there's so much that seeks to pull you away from understanding like who you are meant to be, and it's uh, it's not conspiracy; it's the truth. Yeah, that's right. Right, it's real. It's a real thing. But I mean, not conspiracy in the sense that like it's not like someone is behind the scenes like driving this grand conspiracy to get everyone to be separate from their from their their truest uh, self, but. However things have developed, it really feels like 
everything is conspiring to pull you away from what you are. So you you need to be surrounded by these type of communities um, because you have to have these type of conversations because that's how you grow. Right, and, and then it's not just for us anymore because we right. feel so empowered and supported by this platform that we have this strong foundation and other perspectives that heighten our awareness of this space within ourselves. We are then stronger launching off to then invite others in, right? It's like I feel stronger going to third world countries and being able to offer this because I now know stronger what I'm offering, not just from my mind, but based around the community and the different perspective and struggles and celebrations that other people have had. There's now a stronger wave of this movement that I can then share through me. And that's also what you are. You and I, we are a bridge. Yes. We are connecting two different extremes. Someone that has dreadlocks and tattoos all over them and you know, thick ass earrings. Mm -hmm. You can't, they can't talk to like a guy in a business suit and be like, no, this works. <laughs> you know, they'll be like, okay, hippie, you yeah. know, like go, go find your tree house. Right. <laughs> and you know, that is, there's a truth there. That's, that's real. It's true. And knowing that, you know, do you have any tattoos? I don't. You don't. I no. don't have any tattoos either. Not saying that that's a thing, but you know, it's definite, there's a judgment. Right. There's something, that you're inviting someone to judge about you. And there is something about having this clean approach that lets you be available for people that want to access something and it needs to come from your heart rather than them judging from an external place because so many people judge you just by how you look first yes. and foremost. Yep. And if you can have a little hint of something that makes people like, huh, I don't understand that. I want to know more. Like, I have feathers in my hair. That's probably, like, my extreme right. side of the hippie thing. <laughs> but it definitely starts a conversation of people being curious about something. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really important to be able to be available for the people that want to come in. I see yoga as a huge gateway yeah, absolutely. for people to access movement yeah. or meditation or mindfulness whatever we want to call it you know we can call it spirit universe god yeah. holy you you know all these different things but people have this uh this trigger with words and i think that that's something uh that this movement is overcoming let's like this movement it's an embodiment what are behind the words right. One of the companies that I love so much, Spiritual Gangster, I'm, just gonna look out. I'm actually writing a book right now called oh, yeah. The Sacred Journey of a Spiritual right. Gangster. Well, and you got a little bit of that, like, kind of hippie style. Uh, yeah. and, and, and you came and in. And I got some, a New Yorker, in, in, you know? And some sparkly high tops, too, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. so, yeah, it's that balance for sure. Right. And I talk about it just being like, okay, spiritual and gangster. Both of those have two strong definitions and I'm yeah, quoting very strong connotations connotations yeah. exactly and it's like but what happens when you put these together it's a full it's a different relationship different relationship is being formed and my play on it is gang a group of people stirring some stuff up mm -hmm. spiritually in the internal world yeah. and that is something that is rebellious because from this world it doesn't ever t tell us to do that right. so it's a gang, a group, a community of people that are rebelling from this external world, going internal to our spiritual world, so we can then, you know, go out in style. Yeah, I love it. You're wonderful at articulating so many things that I feel. <laughs> this hey, is Justin. funny. Yeah. 
Um, this is where I hang out a lot. I, of I know, <laughs> I know. You're practiced at it, huh? <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the idea of being a bridge too, because that is always as soon as you you have a little bit of I don't know what you want to call it, an awakening maybe to what what it is that you're meant to do and what it is that's out there that you mm-hmm. can seek. I have always felt that I can walk between worlds a little bit and be and be that connection between worlds or groups of people that might not ever see eye to eye on anything or might not ever even what even if they started speaking they might not see eye to eye but they might not even speak mm-hmm. in like so there might not even be an opportunity for understanding and then even if that opportunity arose they might not ever be able to reach a point of understanding mm-hmm. um well that's so it's important just to invite people to have the conversation yeah. and just talk about it in the ways that you can yeah and here we are yeah. talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I want to shift gears a little bit. I am super curious about dancing and 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 what it feels like for you because you have a very captivating presence when you're dancing, and it's it's really cool to observe. I uh, I remembered you from the opening performance, and then when we walked into this class, I'm like, oh, it's that girl with the curly hair that was on stage. Um, and you you definitely exude something. You can feel how deep of a place your movement is coming from when I see you dance. And even even just the little in between stuff um, when you were demonstrating during the workshop, it's so cool. I Thank you. you move beautifully, so that's just um, fun to see. But when you're freestyling on stage, like during the Nako show last night, mm-hmm. good example. Um, what does that feel like? Are you, are you, I don't want to say planning, but are you thinking ahead or, or is everything just coming in that moment? Because a lot of it is, I mean, it feels a lot like freestyle rapping where they're not using completely new words, maybe every once in a while, but it's, it's words that they're really comfortable with. But then the way that the words are connecting as they flow out of them is new every time. Mm-hmm. And is that what it feels like when you're, Freestyling on stage? I love this question because something <laughs> just like is shooting yeah, out of me to I wanna, share with I, you. Yes, absolutely. So th- I'm going to get a little hippie on everybody. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I am rhythmic love in still motion. Okay. When I say that, what I mean is with this vibration of love, it is a frequency. It is this place of resonation. So it's universal. So if I'm tapping into the rhythmic love in still motion, I'm able to tap into that wave and just allow everything to be there, everything to exist. So my dance is just in pure response to what the music is saying to me. Therefore, I am just a vessel in exuding this vibration out. I love it. Yeah, so it really is a conversation. If people comment on this, I want to know if that makes sense to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know if I get any feedback on it. Great. That's funny. That's uh, that's wonderful. It it uh, it's so neat to be, and I think that that's what dance in its purest form is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's neat that you have taken it to a level that you can be very much a part of. Because I've always I thought say that. Something. Yes. No. Go ahead. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So that's where technique comes in. Yes. Where I have trained, I have trained first before I was able to get to this place, knowing 
movements, knowing my body, the levels, lines, shapes, dynamics, speeds in which my body can go, and playing in that space of drilling, repetition, frequency, organization, doing this in my body all the time, to then be in a place where I can completely let go, knowing that my skill, my talent, has mm-hmm. got my back. Yes. And that's what's so powerful of when you get to choose something, pick something, and watch yourself evolve yeah. in that space. It's a it's a tool that you've honed, and then you and then you then use that tool to express something that's deeper. And I think that that's what all creative endeavors are. Mm-hmm. You, it's it's a way of expressing something deeper within yourself that's beyond words, or maybe I shouldn't even say beyond words because um, speaking and writing are very much a part of this same thing, but you have to master the craft enough that it, that you can then convey whatever it is deeper idea. It is, right. it's, it's like learning a new language. So you're very much at the very same place that all the musicians on stage are because yeah. they have mastered their craft so much that they, that they, the actual details of playing a guitar or whatever it is aren't coming into their mind at all now I can just let everything that's inside of me mm-hmm. flow out and that's 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 what I see in the way that you dance yeah. and and I, I really wanted to ask about that it's it's a language it is. right and um, my first language is my body English yeah. is my second language that's <laughs> yeah. a real thing yeah. I can have conversations with people with their bodies before anything else mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with right how are words different than my dance. Right. Truthfully, it's just not a language that we're fully taught. Mm-hmm. But I, there's so many ways for me to express being happy, mm-hmm. right? If my only way of being like excited and joyed and enthused was all, always came out of the word happy, right. I'm happy and sad. Those are the only words that I have in my vocabulary to articulate with you. And you're like, why are you sad? And it's like, I don't know, and I'm trying to figure it out. It's like loss of words don't have the way to actually articulate it. But it's like, I'm not sad. I'm frustrated. I'm irritated. I'm aggressive. I'm actually angry. Or, and like underneath it, it's sadness. Or it's like, I'm sad for this reason. But you can then explore the range of what these words mean, somber, you know? Mm-hmm. And like give it a m- different type of nuance. So that's really what it is. It's like knowing the language to articulate the relationships that you're having with different things. Right. So in all of the individual moves, most of them are places that you've been before. A lot of them, a lot is my muscle movement memory. Right. And, you know, you hear a note many times, and right, there's a lot of triggers. So my body may even have its own triggers where, like, I hear, ba-doom-tsh. Yeah. And I want to instantly do something like, ta-doom-tsh. Yeah. With my hands, just wailing my hands. And then I might realize that I'm like, oh, I always do that. Why don't we try something else? And that's when my mind will come in and be like, you know what you do here naturally now, see if you can now do that, instead of with your hands, do that with your feet. Yeah. And does that ever result in brand new places that your body's never been? Totally. That's yeah. the play. That's where now I feel like I have a vocabulary where I can do a play on words, a play right. on the body. Exactly. You know, like my play on words with the meta method is a work in that works out. Yeah. I saw that on your website. That's neat. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's very cool. You're so so fluent in that language that then you can start playing with the words. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've only been able to articulate it because my body's resonating with it more and more. Yeah. And I'm able to sit in it and I feel comfortable and I'm not afraid of talking about it and being misread or interpreted. I feel that I, I feel it so much that if I'm not saying it with the proper words, feel what's under my words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I love it. That's, that's what's uh, so special about sitting down with someone and talking about this kind of stuff too mm-hmm. is that there there's definitely something that as much as I love doing the podcast there's something that doesn't come through or that I hope pieces of it come through for anyone that listens because they're never going to be and feel what's between us when we're having this um, and it's pretty special what do you feel <laughs> yeah I know it's really nice what do you feel what do I feel mm-hmm. I feel a deep connection with you it's uh, I feel like we are in a lot of ways, beacons for the same light, mm-hmm. you know, and the way the way that we shine individually uh, looks looks very different. But it's so important that both of us shine for whatever message it is that we're trying to convey, because you know, someone someone might see my light and resonate in a way that your light might not speak to them. Exactly. So they both they both have to be out there and it's it's neat to feel like even though the languages that we speak and the details of what we're trying or the details of how we express our message are different underneath all of that it's it feels like there is some pulse of the message that is that is the same. Mm-hmm. And, uh, That's the thing. It needs to be that string. People really only want to listen to something that resonates with them, mm-hmm. that resonates already with their life in some way. Yeah. So by you doing something that I'm not, you might have that thread that will get person a person just to turn their Absolutely. head. Where uh, something I'm expressing, they won't even like open their ears or look my direction in the yeah. slightest. I know, and it's it's neat. I I wish I could remember or maybe maybe um, you don't need to but there are so many different influences that that come into our life along the way that really be that begin to set in motion all of these uh, things that we want to convey Mm -hmm. start us on our path and I guess what I'm asking is do you feel like you you know what some of those things or people or influences that came into your life that really started opening your eyes up to this this path that you're on now? What's your question? Do you know what those things are? What things? What do you mean? Just just all the people and influences that, um, like what we were saying, how you know the way that I might put something out there or the way that I might convey something is the exact way that someone needs to hear it or the, 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 the thing that might make them turn their head and awaken some little thing in them. Do you remember some of the people, influences, moments that, that were really like that for you, defining oh, yeah. and opening up? Oh, my God, totally. Yeah, what kind of stuff? I could even say I remember like one of my first with my performance partner who is actually on this tour, ah, cool. one of us tour, Akil, yeah. the sexy black man. The not the guy in the ring, the other exactly. Guy. Okay, yeah, the other guy. Awesome. Who does the masks? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's so, incredible. Yeah, I actually met that man, Akil, 
the day after I ended my second abusive relationship <laughs> and opened me up into, I was 19, open, I'm 25 now, opened me up to recognizing myself as three different parts. He broke me down of from my waist down is my will force, from my waist to my throat is my feelings, and then from my throat up to my head is my mind. And he broke me down in this way of like, you have these three different parts, thinking, feeling, and will. And when I realized that my willpower was shot because I was being manipulated in my mind, convincing me that my emotions were not valid and wrong. Therefore, my mind took over my entire body. And so I was having this internal conflict where I'd feel these things and then my mind would convince me to stop thinking them or to, you know, not eat and be abusive to myself and do all these things that was really disturbing to myself and my willpower was completely shot based on that. Once I realized this, I then took the initiative to start healing my mind through listening to my emotions and I can't tell you how fast my willpower started going. Like. I started running, doing all these different things. And when I say running, I mean as a metaphor of being like, what do I want? What do I feel? And like owning that and then telling people, no, screw what you think. This is what I do. And it was like my time to shine and be selfish and discover what my emotions were and get out of this mindset of people manipulating me and telling me what I should think and feel. And that changed my life. That changed my life. So that's definitely one of them. Amazing. That's amazing. Shout out to Akil. Yeah, shout out to Akil. <laughs> Love you, brother. Yeah, that's cool. So you two have been dancing together for six years now? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What What kind of other performances do you do outside of the Wanderlust Tour? I started all of this as an entrepreneur, uh, starting a dance crew called the Nerdy Crew. Nerdy oh, right. was my nickname yeah. when I, you know, being like a hip-hop B-girl. Uh-huh. And I started going to all these underground warehouse parties and raves and working at nightclubs. And then people were like, all right, 20 bucks at the door. And I'm like, what? But like, I'm dancing and I'm jumping on the speakers. Like, yeah. come on, don't you know how like good it is that I'm coming yeah. to your party? <laughs> and I was like, okay, this isn't working. And I'm just like a one man show here. And I put together a dance crew. And Akil was the first person to jump on that wagon with me and I dance in Union Square all the time and I met some other beautiful people and next thing you know there's the five of us and I'm kind of pitching me and all of us to these Burning Man parties and communities and yeah. house scenes and we were a niche you know we weren't in like the hip-hop scene but we were a hip-hop dance crew going to these cultural movement parties That's cool. and it definitely turned into an outlet and a thing and I started noticing myself in a lot of ways and I created different projects I actually created this project if you ever want to check it out this is response.com okay. I use that thinking feeling and will power into a whole dance with the dance crew that sounds cool and just check it out yeah, yeah I will I'll put a I'll put a a link to oh I don't have my pen on me right yeah. now. Um, I'll, I'll I'll put a link to it in um, in all the show notes and I'll cool. link to all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I started with the dance crew, and then I discovered the festivals, and I was like, we have to be here. Yeah. This is where we need to go, 
and I'd email festivals and they're like, great, can you guys all make it here? And I was like, yeah, are you paying us? No, we don't have a budget, but come anyway yeah. and perform. And it's like, um, I'm down to do that right now because I know this is what's calling me, but I can't you know, ask professional dancers on their own money to go and do this. This is m clearly my passion, not necessarily theirs. And right. my thing is like, I want to respect us as artists and Absolutely. I'm not gonna hire these incredible people in my life to do things if their value is not being met in financially. Because yeah. our value is being met as a group, yes, always. When we come together, it's a family and um, it's not their passion, it's mine, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, you gotta pay people for you know, your passion. So I was able to take myself. And so I was going to all these festivals, not being paid at first, and knowing the value that I was getting out of it for myself, that it was feeding my passion before I demanded to get paid. Yeah. And starting there, knowing that I was getting what I needed out of it, is what then gave me the power to be like, okay, now pay me. Right. And then owning my integrity, owning my voice, knowing that I'm enough to then get paid. You know, I knew that I was, you know, I should have been getting paid from the beginning, but right. just stepping into it and letting the patience and the flow happen. Where now I'm, you know, getting paid and I'm on a tour and, you know, I was bringing hip hop to the hippies, definitely the more <laughs> transformational festivals, and now I'm bringing hip hop to the yogis. Yeah. And who knows now, it's going to be more, you know, getting more corporate and giving it to, you know, children and going to hospitals and seeing where it expands and grows. But I'm just a vessel and available for this work and this is my life's work. So here I am. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just gonna ask, what what are your what where do you think it's going? Or, well I know or what are some the, of the passion things that you're like, working for. If I have like a mission statement kind of thing, <laughs> I'd say, you know, my mission is to create social change through artistic expression and get the world dancing. So I would love to have uh, the Meta Method be a platform to really connect people to themselves. And if I'm the one running with it, with the torch in one direction, my way is gonna be going around and going to different culturals, cultures and religions and communities and tribes around the world and having a camera crew around and filming all of us dancing and then connecting all of these dances together and maybe even having the same music playing with all of them and recognizing we all have this human right to our bodies and getting us dancing and getting us to that vulnerable place and giving us back our right and recognizing the humanness of the oneness of all of us. So I want to go around the world and just get everyone dancing and bring us back home. That's amazing. Yeah. That feels very similar to what I want to do. <laughs> Maybe not dancing, but um, I mean, I love dancing, yeah. but uh, I, uh, I, I, I want to travel around the world and share my voice too. Yeah. It's uh -huh. incredible. Yeah. And right now it's dance. for On this tour it's dance, but I love speaking. You know, I'm, I speak. I love my voice. I love mm -hmm. my words. And that's a powerful thing as well. I sing, I rap. Do you? I do. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's so one of the it's things just that I didn't find on your website. That's uh, uh, it's it a out. different one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that's it's just it's moving some stuff around, and it's exciting to see the ways I can be a medium for what wants to come through. 
and dance being a very strong one, but there's so many other ways in which I can do it, but what am I giving attention to and focus? Yeah. And one thing at a time, you know? That's amazing. I love the way you said, uh, be a medium for what comes through, mm-hmm. because it, it really feels like once you're, once you're tapped into whatever your voice is, all of the things seem like they come from come from somewhere else. And I, I don't necessarily mean not you, but they don't come from a conscious thought kind of a place. It comes yeah. from something deeper, and it really just comes through. And being able to open open up that passage to let things come through yeah. is an incredible process. And to get to a point where you can tap into whatever it is that needs to come through you yeah. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I guess that's a pretty good place to start wrapping it up. I always, I always finish and ask people um, where where they think they're going and what they're most excited about. But you kind of just answered that, and so you can speak more to that if you want. But then I always ask, what's the one thing that you would like people to take away from from what it is that you have to say? I'm going home, and I'm inviting you to join me. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hey everyone, Justin here again. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show as much as I enjoyed making it. Uh, Ilan is incredible, and I know that you guys will take something amazing away from our conversation together. Uh, If you enjoyed this show, I encourage you to subscribe via email on my website. It's justinlind.me, J-U-S-T-I-N-L-I-N-D dot M-E, not dot com. That one wasn't available. Also, you can rate and review, subscribe to it on iTunes and Stitcher. That makes the show show up uh, higher in searches and gets a higher rating. So it just makes it a little bit more visible when you're trying to share it and makes it a little bit more visible that people might happen upon it. And that's uh, awesome. It just broadens broadens the reach and helps me share the message. Uh, I want to give a couple thank yous. First, first to Ilana, thank you for coming on the show, being part of an incredible conversation. I, I had a wonderful experience. And also thank you for getting me to open up in a way that I have yet to on this podcast. Um, you can probably find parts in there where she kind of turns things back around on me and gets me to open up in a way that uh, most of my guests don't always and uh, you can see me shy away from it a little bit Um, takes me outside of my comfort zone but I love that Um, and it's it's great to have these conversations become a little bit more um, of an intimate dive into not only who the guests are but who I am and I think that that broadens the appeal to everyone that's listening so thanks to her for kind of getting me to open up and hopefully in the future I, uh, I can be even more open on these shows. And then a final thank you to my buddy Josh, who I was with at this festival. I was actually with two friends, Josh and Adam, but uh, Josh was kind of the driving force in getting me to go back into the classroom after our class with Ilana and getting me to ask her to be on the show. And I don't think I would have done it without his little push. And it turned out to be an absolutely incredible experience. So big thank you to Josh. I love you, buddy. Uh, Thanks for the push. And I will see you soon. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review if you get a chance. See you next time. Bye-bye.